So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Remember, when you want something, all of the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. Aloha, friends, dreamers, travelers within this multidimensional matrix. This is Brendan, and you're tuned in to another live broadcast on behalf of ParadigmShiftCentral.com, a real-world interactive game to be able to help assist with a shift in consciousness and a portal for inspirational conscious media. And we are here for a very special broadcast, a very special podcast, whatever you want to call this, a very special opportunity for us to be able to come together here as a tribe, as a team. And today, we are doing something a little bit different. We are actually doing a broadcast of... The Alchemist, the book reading of The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. So this is going to be a little bit experimental. So please get yourself nice and comfortable. Enjoy. And I'll uh, put on my, my best reading voice as we get into this. And of course, as we do this, this is also going to be a conversation. So we do have people in the YouTube live chat. So if you guys are in the YouTube live chat, please feel free to just drop some 1111s. Thank you so much for being here. Honestly, it means a lot. This is an idea that I've actually had for for quite a while and some of you would have heard me mentioning this a while back and we'll just talk a little bit about the book uh, as we get ready to to go into it and then we'll start and then this broadcast will pretty much literally just be uh, for about an hour and we'll see how far we get within that time frame and then beyond that we will do it again and we will break this up into a series of parts so this is part one of the alchemist by paulo coelho a fable about following your dreams so just holding up the book here for those of you looking on youtube and and um, this is actually an illustrated version by, and, and the artist who did the illustration is named Mobius. Uh, some of you would actually know who Mobius is, does a lot of really, really cool stuff. So uh, throughout this, I'll actually be like showing you guys uh, a little bit of the images up on screen. So before we get into this and, and a little bit about why I wanted to be able to do this broadcast and why this is this relates to all the paradigm shifty stuff that, that you know we're all about, I just want to remind you that you can, of course, check out more 
paradigmshiftcentral.com. Perhaps if you are new to the project, we got lots of broadcasts online there. And of course, a huge thank you to the people who are supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton. Thank you to everyone. But you can also add your additional support of a monthly micro donation when you're able to at the link for the Patreon. And that will also get you access to exclusive content and including perks for uh, being able to get additional discounts on items at questitemshop.com, including the shift buttons and including the light guardian crystals and uh, of course again even the light guardian crystals and the shift buttons those are all about evoking synchronicity and and being able to communicate with the language of the universe and that's what this book is all about so let's get right into this thank you again everyone thank you so much be sure to check out uh, you can also subscribe to paradigm shift radio on itunes and go ahead and leave us a rating and a comment there and so the alchemist what is the story of the alchemist? It is many different things to many different people. And a lot of people have probably heard of this story. You know, a lot of people have just been like, oh, you know, like either I've read it like several times. Uh, I myself, I've read it one time. And the last time I read it was about five years ago. Or they have heard about it. And now here it is in front of them. And they're listening to this podcast synchronistically enough. But this is a story, again, by Paulo Coelho. And this story, as the, the subtitle literally says, the sub like the subtitle of it, it literally says, A Fable About Following Your Dreams. Without having to give away the plot, because I want to be able to go through this together as a team and, and let this journey be what it is. This really is a journey about, you know, being able to go after what you feel called to do being able to trust in the idea that the universe is leading you to where you need to be and really stepping into our bravery and our courage to be able to follow our dreams. You know, there's there's one idea within the story and this isn't really spoiling it, but it is kind of like this. I'm just kind of creating the context for, you know, how we're getting into this. It really is this idea that um, what is like there's, there's a specific quote and it basically just says, um, mm, 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 I had some notes here. I want to be, yeah, every blessing ignored becomes a curse. So it's this idea that if you don't follow your dreams, it like weighs on you that idea of like, what if, what if? So this story, the story of the alchemist is the story of a young man, a young boy named Santiago, and he is a shepherd. And we'll get through the story together, but this is about his journey. And the alchemist is a character who he meets along the way, who bestows wisdom to him. So for those of you wondering, you know, like, what is, like, I'm just going into this, you think the story is the alchemist, and that's the main character, but it's like, no, it's like, the story of Santiago and he's us and he is on this journey of self-discovery and this journey of dreams coming to fruition. So there's a lot of themes throughout this book, throughout this fable about synchronicity, about the language of the universe, about being able to trust our heart, about being able to follow our intuition, to follow our gut. So with that said, if you guys are ready to to get into this, please feel free to just drop some 1111s in the comments or just be like, yo, let's do this. And what I want to be able to do, I actually want to be able to keep an eye on the live chat and we'll read through like any comments that you guys are dropping in the live chat as we go through this. Uh, I did have the idea of like being able to bring people on air. I don't think we're going to do it quite just for this one yet because there's just a little bit of extra coordination there that we don't really have uh, immediately in place at this moment. But I'm going to do my best to be able to get your guys' voices on the video by reading your comments through the YouTube. So even if you're watching this on Facebook, uh, please feel free to jump over to the YouTube where I'll be able to more actively see uh, your comments. Oh, it looks like we just lost the, the Facebook feed, actually. So 
I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do a little quick thing here. So go ahead and just leave your comments uh, down below in the YouTube before we jump right into this, because I just got to do a quick little multitasking to be able to get the feedback up on Facebook about why this book is important to you. Or, or tell me, have you read this book before? And I know there's a lot of people because I posted about this beforehand on Instagram. And there were people who were literally just like, oh, my goodness, like this book has been popping up in my reality over and over and over again. Like I keep hearing about it. People keep talking about it. And now, you know, like synchronistically enough, here we are with the idea that today is also the new moon. And, and that was not planned. Like I was just like, OK, we're going to do this on a Monday because Thursday is our regular broadcast. And we still have another broadcast this Thursday, which uh, is going to be very exciting. It's a new episode of Leading the Shift. But again, you know, the fact that this is on a new moon is very, very much uh, in theme with the with the story of the alchemist in, in its own way. So let me just make sure, uh, do my best here to make sure that things are broadcasting across all platforms, uh, but I won't be able to manage the Facebook quite in the same way. But again, just a reminder that the feeds are always up and running on YouTube as well. So let's get right into this. And again, I'll read your comments as we go through this to the best of my ability. Thank you for holding space. Thank you for being a part of this journey as we go through the story of Santiago, the story of fulfilling our purpose, of stepping into our dreams, of having having the courage to do what our heart calls us into. So very, very powerful stuff. So The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I'm going to start right at the beginning. <clears throat> Actually, I'll just read. I'll just read a quick foreword from here. Every few decades, a book is published that changes the lives of its readers forever. Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist is such a book. Since its original publication in 1988, The Alchemist has sold millions of copies throughout the world. This handsome new edition, beautifully illustrated by the artist Mobius, will allow Coelho's charming fable to inspire an even wider audience of readers for generations to come. The Alchemist is a magical story of Santiago, an Andalusian shepherd boy who travels in search of worldly treasures. From his home in Spain, he journeys to the markets of Tangerir and across Egyptian deserts to a fateful encounter with the Alchemist. The story of the treasure Santiago finds along the way teaches us, as only a few stories have done, about the essential wisdom of listening to our hearts, learning to read the omens strewn along life's path, and above all, following our dreams. So there we go. <clears throat> Just reading some quick comments there. Holistic Spiral. It's one of my favorite books to share with my friends. So glad to, sh to, see to, sh to share in this reading tonight. So let's go into this, setting the clock. Again, I want to be able to set about an hour and we'll see how far we go into this. This book's only 170 pages long. So <clears throat> get nice and comfortable and let's begin this story. So let's just begin even just by like taking a gentle meditative breath. Even if you want to just like close your eyes and listen, that's totally cool. So I'm just going to do that. Just taking a moment here, deep, gentle inhale, big exhale. Another deep, gentle inhale. Nice exhale, relax. This is the universe speaking to itself. The Alchemist, part one. The boy's name was Santiago. Dusk was falling at the, as the boy arrived with his herd at an abandoned church. 
the roof had fallen in long ago. An enormous sycamore had grown on the spot where the scarcity had once stood. The uh, sacricity had once stood. I always mess up that word. That word is, um, that's like a small church, basically. He decided to spend the night there. He saw to it that all the sheep entered through the ruined gates and then laid some planks across it to prevent the flock from wandering away during the night. There were no wolves in the region, but once an animal had strayed during the night and the boy had to spend the entire next day searching for it. He swept the floor with his jacket and laid down using his books he had just finished reading as a pillow. He told himself that he would have to start reading thicker books. They lasted longer and made for more comfortable pillows. It was still dark when he awoke, and looking up, he could see the stars through the half-destroyed roof. I wanted to sleep a little longer, he thought. He had the same dream that night, as a week ago, and once again he awakened before it ended. He arose, taking up his crook, began to awaken the sheep that still slept. He had noticed that as soon as he awoke, most of his animals also began to stir. It was as if some mysterious energy bond his life to that of the sheep, with whom he had spent the past two years leading them through the countryside in search of food and water. They are used to me, and they know my schedule, he muttered. Thinking about that for a moment, he realized that it could be the other way around, that it was he who had become accustomed to their schedule. But there, was a, but, there, but there were certain of them who took a bit longer to awaken. The boy prodded them one by one with his crook, calling each by name. He had always believed that the sheep were able to understand what he said. So there were times when he read them parts of his books that he'd made in an impre- that had made an impression on him, or when he would tell them of the loneliness or the happiness of a shepherd in the fields. Sometimes he would comment to them on the things that he had seen in the villages they passed. But for the past few days he had spoken to them about only one thing, the girl. The daughter of a merchant who lived in the village they would reach in about four days. He had been to the village only once the year before. The merchant was a proprietor of dry goods shops of the dry of a dry goods shop, and he had always demanded that the sheep be sheared in his presence so that he would not be cheated. A friend had told the boy about the shop, and he had taken his sheep there. I'm just going to show you a little picture. There's our hero, Santiago. <laughs> just standing there. <laughs> you can see there's a... It's already showing the pyramids in the background there. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing, if anything. Okay. Continuing here. <clears throat> and again, please feel free to just, you know, leave your comments as you're going here, guys. Your commentary is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> I need to sell some wool, the boy told the merchant. The shop was busy and the man asked the shepherd to wait until the afternoon, so the boy sat on the steps of the shop and took a book from his bag. I didn't know shepherd boys knew how to read, said a girl whose voice was behind him. The girl was a typical was typical of the region of Andalusia, with flowing black hair and eyes that vaguely recalled the Moorish conquerors. Well, I'm u- well usually I learn more from my sheep than from my books, he answered. 
During the two hours, they talked. She told him she was the merchant's daughter and spoke of life in the village, where each day was like all the others. The shepherd told her of the Andalusian countryside and related the news from the other towns where he had stopped. It was a pleasant change from talking to his sheep. How did you learn to read? The girl asked at one point. Like everybody learns, he said, in school. Well, if you know how to read, why are you just a shepherd? The boy mumbled an answer and allowed him to avoid responding to her question. He was sure the girl would never understand. He went on telling stories about his travels, and her bright Moorish eyes went wide with fear and surprise. As time passed, the boy found himself wishing that the day would never end, that her father would stay busy and keep him waiting for three days. He recognized that he was feeling something he had never experienced before, the desire to live in one place forever. With the girl with the raven hair, his days would never be the, be the same again. But finally, the merchant appeared and asked the boy to shear four sheep. He paid for the wool and asked the shepherd to come back the following year. And now, it was only four days before he would be back in that same village. He was excited and at the same time uneasy. So again, what we just heard, that was like a, a flashback scene, basically. So that was the first time he met the girl and now he's, he's returning to that village once again. He was excited and at the same time uneasy. Maybe the girl had already forgotten him. Lots of shepherds passed through, selling their wool. It doesn't matter, he said to his sheep. I know other girls in other places. But in his heart, he knew that it didn't matter. And he knew that shepherds, like seamen, and, and like traveling salesmen, always found a town where there was someone who could make them forget the joys of carefree wandering. The day was dawning, and the shepherd urged his sheep in the direction of the sun. They never have any decisions, he thought. Maybe that's why they always stay close to me. The only thing that concerned the sheep were food and water. As long as the boy knew how to find the best pastures in Andalusia, they would be his friends. Yes, their days were all the same, with the seemingly endless hours between the sunrise and dusk, but they had never read a book in their young lives and didn't understand when the boy told them about their sights of the cities. They were content with just food and water, and in exchange they generously, generously gave of their wool, their company, and once in a while, their meat. If I became a monster today and decided to kill them, one by one, they would become aware only after most of the flock had been slaughtered, thought the boy. They trust me and they've forgotten how to rely on their own instincts because I lead them to nourishment. The boy was surprised as his, at his thoughts. Maybe the church with the sycamore growing from within had been haunted. It had caused him to, shed, to have the same dream for the second time, and it was causing him to feel anger towards his faithful companions. You'll hear about the dream he has soon enough. He drank a bit from the wine and that remained from his dinner of the night before, and he gathered his jacket closer to his body. He knew that a few hours from now, with the sun at, his, at, the, at its zenith, the heat would be so great that he would not be able to lead his flock across the fields. 
It was the time of day when all of Spain slept during the summer. The heat lasted until nightfall, and all that time he had to carry his jacket. But when he thought to complain about the burden of its weight, he remembered, because he had his jacket, he had withstood the cold of the dawn. We have to be prepared for change, he thought, and he was grateful for the jacket's weight and warmth. The jacket had a purpose, and so did the boy. His purpose in life was to travel, and after two years of walking the Andalusian terrain, he knew all the cities of the region. He was planning on this visit to explain to the girl how it was that a simple shepherd knew how to read that he had attended a seminary until he was 16. His parents had wanted him to become a priest and thereby a source of pride for a simple farm family. They worked hard just to have food and water like the sheep. He had studied Latin, Spanish, and theology. But ever since then, but ever since he had been a child, he wanted to know the world, and this was much more important to him than knowing God and learning about man's sins. One afternoon, on a visit to his family, he had summoned up the courage to tell his father that he didn't want to become a priest, that he wanted to travel. So just taking a moment there, if anybody has any comments they want to leave in the chat, please feel free to drop those in. There's a little bit of a delay on the YouTube feed, but nonetheless, so just again, setting, setting up the premise here, this is one of those stories where it's, it really allows you to just get to know the characters. So again, let this be not just Santiago's journey, but Santiago's journey becomes your journey. So you are, you are that young shepherd who, whose parents once wanted him to, to live his life in a monastery and devote himself to God and to become a priest, but he wanted to travel. So he became a shepherd. Now he goes from town to town. He is responsible. He has a purpose. He gets to meet people. And throughout the story, as we see that it is through his travels that he and himself actually connects closer to God in his own way. And that is in many ways one of the themes of this story is that this story in itself is about finding happiness and finding happiness in purpose while still observing and appreciating and engaging with the wonders of the world. So I'm going to keep reading here. And um, yeah, if you guys are enjoying this so far, please feel free to just drop some hearts and comments down below. I've never done like a book reading before. So <laughs> like I said, this is very experimental for me, but it's great just to be able to go back and share this together. For those of you watching on Instagram, please feel free to just jump over to uh, my YouTube and you can join in on there. And we are reading The Alchemist. Just go to my bio link. Okay. <clears throat> People from all over the world have passed through this village, son, said his father. They come in search of new things, but when they leave, they are basically the same people they were when they arrived. They climb the mountain to see the castle, and they wind up thinking that the past was better than what they have now. They have blonde hair or dark skin, but basically they are the same people who live here right now. But I'd like to see the castles in the towns where they live, the boy explained. Those people, when they see our land, they see... They th say they would they would like to live here forever, his, his father commented. Well, I'd like to see their land and see how they live, said his son. 
the people who come here have a lot of money to spend, so they can afford to travel, his father said. Amongst us, the only ones who travel are the shepherds. Well then, I'll be a shepherd, his father said no more. The next day he gave his son a pouch and held three and that held three Spanish gold coins. I found these one day in the field. I wanted them to be a part of your inheritance, but use them to buy your flock. Take to the fields and some day you'll learn that our countryside is the best and our women the most beautiful. And he gave the boy his blessing. The boy could see in his father's gaze a desire to be able himself to travel the world, as a, a desire that was still alive, despite his father having had, the bury, having had to bury it over dozens of years under the burden of struggling for water to drink, food to eat, and the same place to sleep every night of his life. The horizon was tinged with red, and suddenly the sun appeared. The boy thought back to the conversation with his father and felt happy. He had already seen many castles and met many women, but none the equal to the one who waited him several days hence. He owned a jacket and a book that he could trade for another, and a flock of sheep, but most importantly he was able every day to live out his dream. If he were to tire of the Andalusian fields, he could sell his sheep and go to the sea. By the time he had, he had enough of the sea, he would already have known other cities, other women, and other chances to be happy. I couldn't have found God in the seminary, he thought, as he looked at the sunrise. Just taking a moment here to read the comments. Christopher Lang dropping the comments. I feel like Morpheus from The Matrix is reading me a bedtime story. <laughs> Chris, thanks, man. <laughs> Erica says this is great. Thank you, Erica. And um, awesome. Thank you again, everyone. And I'll just show this is uh, another picture. This picture is kind of similar to the one we already saw. So it's, again, kind of like him standing in front of the monastery uh, with his sheep. So there we go. All right next page every page is a new adventure <laughs> all right <clears throat> he had never been to that ruined okay <clears throat> whenever he could he sought out a new road to travel he had never been to that ruined church before in spite of having traveled those parts many times the world was huge and inexhaustible. He had only to allow his sheep to set the route for a while, and he would discover other interesting things. The problem is that they don't even realize they're walking a new road every day. They don't see that the fields are new and the seasons changing. All they think about is food and water. That's interesting. Do you think? How self-aware are sheep, I wonder? I feel like they would. I feel like they would be like, oh, this grass tastes different. This mountainside looks different. So, <laughs> does sheep know how big the world is? I wonder. <clears throat> Maybe we're all that way, the boy mused. Even me. I haven't thought of other women since I met the merchant's daughter. Looking at the sun, he calculated that he would reach Tarifa before midday. There, he could exchange his book for a thicker one, fill his wine bottle, shave, and have a haircut. He had to prepare himself for his meeting with the girl, and he didn't want to think about the possibility that some other shepherd with a larger flock had arrived there before him and asked her for her hand. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that when you're trying to impress the girl or the boy and the 
Other shepherd with the larger flock gets there first. Story of my life. It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting, he thought. As he looked, let me reread that again. It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. Damn, put that on a license plate. He thought as he looked again at the position of the sun and, and hurried his pace. He had suddenly remembered that in Tarifa there was an old woman who interpreted dreams. Dun, dun, bam. Oh yeah, he's going he's gonna to meet that old like shaman lady. He's going to interpret his dreams. Get ready for it. <laughs> we don't even, you don't even know what his dream is yet, right? But you'll hear about it soon. <clears throat> the old woman led the boy to a room at the back of her house. It was separated from her living room by a curtain of colored beads. The room's furnished cons furnishings consisted of a table, an image of the sacred heart of Jesus, and two chairs. The woman sat down and told him to be seated as well. Then she took both his hands in hers and began quietly to pray. I'm just going to show you. There's a there's a picture on the other side. I'm flipping to it first. So here's a picture of the the boy with the with the old lady there. So again, for those of you just listening to the audio, just I'm sure you can still imagine it. <laughs> <clears throat> Then she took both of his hands in hers and began quietly to pray. It sounded like a gypsy prayer. The boy had already had the experience on the road with gypsies. They also traveled, but they had no flocks or sheep. People said that gypsies spent their lives tricking others. It was also said that they had a pact with the devil and that they kidnapped children and taking them away to their mysterious camps where they made them slaves. As a child, the boy had always been frightened to death that he would be captured by gypsies, and his childhood and this childhood fear returned when the old woman took his hands in hers. But she has the sacred heart of Jesus there, he thought, trying to reassure him he didn't want his hands to begin trembling. Showing the old woman that he was fearful, he recited an old an our father silently. Very interesting, said the woman, never taking her eyes from the boy's hands, and then she fell silent. The boy was becoming nervous. His hands began to tremble, and the woman sensed it. He quickly pulled his hands away. I didn't come here to have my palms read, he said, already regretting having come. He thought for a moment that it would be better to pay her fee and leave without learning a thing that he was giving too much importance to his reoccurrent dreams. <clears throat> is, this, is, this, is this story about you? Is this, I, I swear it is sometimes. That time where it's like, oh, that, 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 dream, that dream was just a dream. Or was it? You came so that you can learn about your dreams, said the old woman, and dreams are the language of God. When he speaks in our language, I can interpret what he has said. But if he speaks in the language of the soul, it is only you who can understand. But, whichever it is, I'm going to charge for your consultation. Another trick, the boy thought, but he decided to take a chance. A shepherd always takes his chances with wolves and with drought, and that's which, what it makes a shepherd's life exciting. I've had the same dream twice, he said. I dreamt I was in a field with my sheep when a child appeared and began to play with the animals. Who I'm getting like spine tingles right now. Is anybody else getting that? 
<clears throat> Let me just go back to that sentence. I was in a field with my sheep when a child appeared and began to play with the animals. I don't like people that do that because the sheep are afraid of strangers. But children always seem to be able to play with them without frightening them. I didn't know why. I didn't know how animals know the age of a human being. Tell me more about your dream, said the woman. I have to get back to my cooking, and since you don't have much money, I can't give you a lot of time. The child went on playing with my sheep for quite a while, continued the boy, a bit upset, and then suddenly the child took me by both my hands and transported me to the Egyptian pyramids. Add in some sound effects there. He paused for a moment to see if the woman knew what the Egyptian pyramids were, but she said but she said nothing. Then at the Egyptian pyramids, he said the last three words slowly, then at the Egyptian freaking pyramids, <laughs> so that the old woman would understand, the child said to me, "If you come here, you will find a hidden treasure." And just as she was about to show me the exact location, I woke up both times the woman was silent for some time then she began and then she again took his hands and studied them carefully i'm not going to charge you for any anything i'm not going to charge you anything now she said but i want one tenth of the treasure if you find it the boy laughed out of happiness he was going to be able to save the little money he had because of a dream about a hidden treasure. Well, interpret the dream, he said. First, swear to me. Swear that you will give me one-tenth of your treasure in exchange for what I am going to tell you. The shepherd swore that he would. The old woman asked him to swear again while looking at the image of, sacred, of the sacred heart of Jesus. Oh, you know it's serious, then. <clears throat> it's a dream in the language of the world, she said. I can interpret it, but the interpretation is very difficult. That's why I feel that I deserve a part of what you find. And this is my interpretation. You must go to the pyramids of Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. I have never heard of them, but if I was a child who showed them to you, but if it was a child who showed them to you, they exist. There you will find a treasure that will make you a rich man. The boy was surprised and then irritated. He didn't need to seek out the old woman for this, but then he remembered that he wasn't going to have to pay anything. I didn't need to waste my time just for this. Whoa, snarky. He told her, I told you that your dream was a difficult one. If the simple things in life, it is the simple things in life that are most extraordinary. Only wise men are able to understand them. And since I am not wise, I have had to learn other arts such as reading of palms. Well, how am I going to get to Egypt? I only interpret dreams. I don't know how to turn them into reality. That's why I have to live off what my daughters provide me. 
And what if I ever ne what what if I never make it? To, what if I never get to Egypt? Then I don't get paid. It wouldn't be the first time. Aww, that woman's so adorable. And the woman told the boy to leave, saying she had already wasted too much time with him. So the boy was disappointed, scammed out of another palm reading by another charlatan. No, I'm just joking. That's not what it says. <laughs> he decided that he would never again believe in dreams. Oh, jeez, man. Breaking our hearts. Believe in your dreams, Santiago. Believe in your dreams. <laughs> if anybody has any comments, I'm going to read those in a second. So please feel free and, and drop those in. He remembered that he, had, that he had a number of things he had to take care of. He went to the market for something to eat. He traded his book for one that was thicker, and he found a bench in the plaza where he could, where he could sample the new wine he had brought. The day was hot and the wine was refreshing. The sheep were at the gates of the city, in the stable that belonged to a friend. The boy knew a lot of people in the city. That was what made traveling appealing to him. He always made new friends, and he didn't need to spend all of his time with them. When someone sees the same people every day, as had happened with him in the seminary, the wind, they wind up becoming a part of the person's life, and then they want the person to change. If someone isn't what the others want them to be, the others become angry. Everyone seems to have a clear idea of how other people should lead their lives, but none about his or her own. So just take a moment here to really let that sink in. Again, this really, really powerful theme within this story is the idea of don't let other people tell you how to live your life. You know, like this is, again, kind of going back to that, that theme of, you know, if, if someone's like, you're going to grow up to be a lawyer someday, son. And you're just like, but dad, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to I want to be a famous musician and share my art with the world. Like, you know, like, honestly, what's the right path there? You either do what someone else tells you and you kind of get sucked into a, a less than fulfilling journey or you do something that is really for you. Something that in a non-linear sense is already laid out ahead of you. And again, this, this story is very much about this. This journey that Santiago has, the dream that came to him is there to be able to help direct him. And how often do we experience that within dreams? Where through our dreams, we actually receive insights. We receive direction. We receive navigation to guide us somewhere to awaken a part of us, to inspire us, to be able to seek new horizons. So if Santiago didn't have the dream about the Egyptian pyramids, would he have gone to the palm reader? Would she have told him to go to Egypt? So the dreams are very much us. They are us. They are our own bigger narrator speaking to us. And so just very powerful. All right. Chris leaving in more comments. Uh, he says, knees weak, palm sweaty, mom spaghetti. <laughs> I think he was talking about like when we were talking about like the uh, <laughs> palm reading. Anyways, uh, as Chris says, actually so into this, just cooking and have this playing on the iPad beside me. Thanks, Chris. You guys are you guys are my I love you guys. You guys are all my number one fans. Okay, let's keep going here. We are only on page twenty three. And there's one hundred and seventy pages left in this, and so we're gonna go for about less than about a half hour more, and then we'll wrap it up from there, and we'll come back for part two. Or maybe you'll go buy the book in the meantime. So again, just allow this book to really speak to your soul. This is this is our journey. <clears throat> and tell your friends about this book. Maybe they haven't heard it yet. So I think this is like one of like, this is like a must read, definitely. 
Let me just grab a little sip of water here. <clears throat> okay. He decided to wait until the sun had sunk a bit lower in the sky before following his flock back through the fields. Three days from now, he would be with the merchant's daughter. Wow. He started to read the book he had bought. On the very first page, it described a burial ceremony, and the names of the people involved were very difficult to pronounce. If he ever wrote a book, he thought he would be present. He would he would present if he ever wrote a book, he thought he would present one person at a time so that the reader wouldn't have to worry about memorizing a lot of names. When he was finally able to concentrate on what he was reading, he he liked the book better. The burial was on a snowy day, and he welcomed the feeling of being cold. As he read on, an old man sat at his side and tried to strike up a conversation. What are they doing? the old man asked, pointing to the people in the plaza. Working, the boy answered dryly, making it look as if he wanted to concentrate on his reading. Actually, he was thinking about shearing his sheep in front of the merchant's daughter. <laughs> That's going to impress her, right? Okay. So that she could see that he was someone who was capable of doing difficult things. He had already imagined the scene many times. Every time the girl would become fascinated when he explained that the sheep had to be sheared from back to front. He also tried to remember some good stories to relate as he sheared the sheep. <laughs> He's like really thinking this through, right? Most of them he had read in books, but he would tell them that if they were from his personal that if they but he but he would tell them as if they were from his personal experience. She would never know the difference because she didn't know how to read. It's not very honest, Santiago. Meanwhile, the old man persisted in his attempt to strike up a conversation. He said that he was tired and thirsty and asked if he if he might have a sip of the boy's wine. The boy offered his bottle, hoping the old man would leave him alone. But the old man wanted to talk, and he asked the boy what book he was reading. The boy was tempted to be rude and move to another bench, but his father had taught him to be respectful of the elderly. So he held out the book to the man for two reasons. First, that he himself wasn't sure how to pronounce the title, and second, that if the old man didn't know how to read, he would probably feel ashamed and decide on his own accord to change benches. Hmm, said the old man, looking at all sides of the book, as if it were some strange object. This is an important book, but it's really irritating. And then, uh, before we move any further, here's a picture of the old man sitting next to Santiago. So you can see that there. He's got a nice beard. Santiago's rocking his uh, sun hat and sitting on a bench with a nice little tree in the background. And quick little view of that there to everyone can see. It's cool. <clears throat> okay. Mm -mm. All right. It's about to get pretty intense here. Mm -mm. The boy was shocked. The old man knew how to read, and had already read the book. And if the book was irritating, as the old man had said, the boy still had time to change it for another. It's a book that says the same thing almost all the other books in the world say, 
continued the old man. It describes people's inability to choose their own personal legends. And its end and it end it ends up saying that everyone believes the world's greatest lie. What's the world's greatest lie? the boy asked, completely surprised. It's this that at a certain point in our lives we lose control of what's happening to us and our lives become controlled by fate that's the world's greatest lie that's never happened to me said the boy they wanted me to be a priest but i decided to become a shepherd much better said the old man because you really like to travel he knew what i was thinking the boy said to himself the old man, meanwhile, was leafing through the book, without seeming to want to return it at all. The boy noticed that the man's clothing was strange. He looked like an Arab, which was not unusual in those parts. Africa was only a few hours from Tarifa. One had only to cross the narrow straits by boat. Arabs often appeared in the city, shopping and chanting their strange prayers several times a day. Where are you from? the boy asked. From many places. No one is from many places, the boy said. I am a shepherd, and I have been to many places, but I come from only one place, from a city near an ancient castle. That's where I was born. Well then, we could say that I was born in Solemn. The boy didn't know where Solemn was, but he didn't want to ask, fearing that he would appear ignorant. He looked at the people in the plaza for a while. They were coming and going, and all of them seemed to be very busy. So, what's it, what is Solemn like? he asked, trying to get some sort of clue. It's like it's, it's always been. No clue yet. He knew that Solemn wasn't Andalusia. If it were, he would have heard of it. And what do you do in Solemn? he insisted. What do I do in Solemn? The old man laughed. Well, I'm the king of Solemn. <laughs> old man laughed. <laughs> People say strange things, the boy thought. Sometimes it's better to be with the sheep who don't say anything. Yeah, don't you find that annoying when you like sit down to an old man and, and then next thing you know he starts talking about how he's the king of something? <laughs> I, just, I don't know if that's a joke or not <laughs> okay shout out to all the old people you guys are awesome we're all old people on the inside <clears throat> people say strange things the boy thought sometimes it's better to be with the sheep who don't say anything and better still to be alone with one's books they tell their incredible stories at the time when they want to be hurt when they when you want to hear them but when you're talking to people they say some things that aren't that are so strange that you don't know how to continue the conversation my name get ready for it is melchizedek said the old man how many sheep do you have enough said the boy he could say he could see that the old man wanted to know more about his life well then we've got a problem i can't help you if you feel you've got enough sheep the boy getting irritated the boy was getting irritated. He wasn't asking for help. It was the old man who had asked for a drink of his wine, and he had started the conversation. Give me my book, the boy said. I have to go to gather my sheep and get going. Give me one-tenth of your sheep, said the old man. 
and tell me and and I'll tell you how to find the hidden treasure. <laughs> Sound effects of of Santiago's mind getting blown right there. The boy remembered his dream and suddenly everything was clear to him. The old woman hadn't charged hadn't charged him anything, but the old man, maybe he was her husband. Was he going to find a way to get more money in exchange for information about something that didn't even exist? The old man was probably a gypsy, too. But before the boy could say anything, the old man leaned over, picked up a stick, and began to write in the sand of the plaza. Something bright reflected from his chest with such intensity that the boy was momentarily blinded. With a movement that was too quick for someone his age, the man covered what, what the man covered whatever it was in his cape. When his vision returned to normal, the boy was able to read what the man had written in the sand. There, in the sand in the sand of the plaza of the small city, the boy read the names of his father and his mother and the name of the seminary that he had attended. He read the name of the merchant's daughter, which he hadn't even known, and he read things he had never told anyone. So again, just taking a moment here, it's really interesting. Again, just like this story is a story of like Santiago's synchronicities unfolding before him, before Santiago even knows what synchronicities are. So for us as the reader, we get to kind of see, we're just like, oh man, like things are falling into place. Things are piecing together here. And so again, like this journey as it continues, it's very much about Santiago's own awakening. And you can think about that. Think about those times in your own journey when things were happening to you, but you were so just in the present moment that you weren't able to really see how all of them, how all those moments like weave together into a bigger story or how all the dots were seemingly connecting in front of you. It wasn't until later that you're just like, oh my God, if I'd never met this person, if I hadn't done this thing, if this person hadn't suggested this, then I'd never be where I am. So it's this idea that like we, we are always being guided and, and those guides appear through us, through through nature, through the trees, and through other people. So next time that an old person comes up to you and maybe wants to have a conversation to you, you damn well better listen because they might have some like huge tips on how to be able to help you find your hidden treasure. So, all right, continuing here. <clears throat> Connor saying, I don't usually like, like books, but this is a good one. Thank you, Connor. And um, Christopher saying, loves the sound effects. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> and um, again, for people watching this on Instagram, just jump over to uh, my bio link or youtube.com forward slash skull Babylon, and we'll continue here. <clears throat> I am the king of Solemn, the old man had said. Why would, a, why would a king be talking with a shepherd? The boy asked, awed and embarrassed. For several reasons. But let's say the most important is that you have succeeded in discovering your personal legend. The boy didn't know what a person's personal legend was. It's what you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when they are young, knows what their personal legend is. At this at this point in their life um, <clears throat> at this point in their lives everything is clear and everything is possible they are not afraid to dream and yearning for everything that they would like to see happen to them in their lives 
But as time passes, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it will be impossible for them to realize their personal legend. So again, just taking a moment here, really letting that idea of the personal legend sit with us. What is your personal legend? Have you observed that? Have you observed? And, and, it's, and, it's, and, and what the king is saying here is a very real thing. And it sometimes can be very sad to witness when you see people who have these dreams and then, you know, the way the world works can sometimes just suck that dream away from them. And then they just become complacent and content. And for the soul, we know that the soul yearns for so much more. It doesn't yearn for stagnancy. It yearns for adventure. So this, this idea of the personal legend and, and, and the idea that, you know, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it will be impossible for them to realize a personal legend really reminds us that it is about being able to take responsibility for our actions to, to to help nurture our own connection with our personal legends no one else will be able to accomplish your personal legend with you no one else will be able to walk that path but when you really like step forward in that again the universe will conspire to help back you up so again this is like really reminding us that this is about self-awareness this is about self-mastery this is about being able to step forward and have the courage to follow our dreams, knowing that the universe has our back. And sometimes that's what stops people from following their dreams is the fact that they haven't realized or they haven't remembered that the universe wants them to succeed. So you are the universe. And when you take action like that, the universe will help you in fulfilling your personal legend. So what is your personal legend? Think about that. None of what the old man was saying made much sense to the boy, but he wanted to know what the mysterious force was. The merchant's daughter would be impressed when he told her about that. It's a force that appears to be negative, but actually shows you how to realize your personal legend. It prepares your spirit and your will, because there is one great truth on this planet. Whoever you are, or whatever it is that you do, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of the universe. It's your mission on Earth. Whoa. So again, let me just reread that in just like straightforward dialogue. It's a force that appears to be negative, but actually shows you how to realize your personal legend. It prepares your spirit and your will, because there is one great truth on this planet. Whoever you are, or whatever it is that you do, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of the universe. It's your mission on Earth. So do you feel that? Do you resonate with that? This idea that, you know, if you're here to be a shifter, if you're here to be a light guardian, if you're here to help make a difference in this world, that's not just something where it's just like, oh, that's a that's a whimsical idea. That sounds cool because maybe I heard somebody else talk about it or I saw it in a movie once. No, that's literally the mission that is within your soul speaking through you. What does it mean to honor that? <clears throat> Even when all you want to do is travel or marry the daughter of a textile merchant? Yes, or even in search of treasure. The soul of the world is nourished by people's happiness and also by, pe by unhappiness, envy, and jealousy. To realize one's personal legend is a person's own real obligation. 
all things are one. So again, just that, that part alone. To realize one's personal legend is a person's only real obligation. So that is your responsibility. To realize your personal legend. Again, super powerful. They were both silent. <clears throat> and when you... Oh, here it is. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. They were both silent for a time, observing the plaza and the townspeople. It was the old man who spoke first. Why do you, why do you tend a flock of sheep? Because I like to travel. The old man pointed to a baker standing in his shop window at one corner of the plaza. When he was a child, that man want when he was a child, that man wanted to travel too, but he decided first to buy his bakery and put some money aside. When he's an old man, he's going to spend a month in Africa. He never realized that people are capable at any time in their lives of doing what they dream. He should have decided to become a shepherd, the boy said. Well, he thought about that. He thought about that, the old man said. But bakers are more important people than shepherds. Bakers have homes while shepherds sleep out in the open. Parents would rather see their children marry bakers than shepherds. The boy felt a pang in his heart, thinking about the merchant's daughter. There was surely a baker in her town. Oh, don't you feel that? When, when the girl who you love would rather marry the baker just because you're a shepherd? Oh, <laughs> too real. It's close to home, man. <laughs> the old man continued. In the long run... What people think about shepherds and bakers becomes more important for them than their own personal legend. The old man leafed through the book and fell to reading a page he came to. The boy waited and interpreted the old man and, inter and interrupted the old man just as he himself had been interrupted. Why are you telling me all this? Because you are trying to realize your personal legend, and you are at the point where you are going to give up. And that's, and that's when you always appear on the scene? Not always in this way, but I always appear in one form or another. Sometimes I appear in the form of a solution or a good idea. At other times, a crucial moment. I make it easier for things to happen. There are other things I do too, but most of the time people don't realize I've done them. So again, like the old man there, like he's, that's like the old man literally talking as like the universe through the old man when you think about it. So he's like, yes, I am an old man, but I am also an old man who is woke AF and realizes that by me being here, I am actually the universe talking to you, San Diego. And so in the same way, this book is literally the universe talking to you, dear friend. The old man related the old man the old man related that the weeks before he had been forced to appear before a miner and had taken the form of a stone the miner had abandoned everything to go mining for emeralds for 5 years he had been working a certain river and he had examined hundreds of thousands of stones looking for an emerald the miner was about to give it all up right at the point when if he were to examine just one more stone just one more he would find his emerald. 
Since the miner had sacrificed everything to his personal legend, the old man decided to become involved. He transformed himself into a stone and rolled up to the miner's foot. This old man is transformer. The miner, with all the anger and frustration of his five fruitless years, picked up the stone and threw it aside. But he had thrown it with such force that it broke the stone it fell upon. And there, embedded in the broken stone, was the most beautiful emerald in the world. People learn early in their lives what is their reason for being, said the old man with certain bitterness. Maybe that's why they give up on it so early, too. But that's the way it is. The boy reminded the old man that he had said something about the treasure. Treasure, treasure is uncovered by the force of flowing water. And it's buried by the same currents, said the old man. If you want to learn about your treasure, you will have to give me one-tenth of your flock. What about one-tenth of my treasure? The old man looked disappointed. If you start out by promising what you don't even have, you'll lose your desire to work toward getting it. Ah, see, so the the old man there, he's got a he's got a pretty important lesson there. You gotta gotta be willing to put your put your skin in the game. What are you willing to invest in? What are you willing to sacrifice for your own personal legend? Remember, there's without without sacrifice, there is no reward. What are you willing to sacrifice? Your time, your habits, your commitments. The boy told him that he had already promised to give one-tenth of his treasure to the gypsy. Gypsies are... Gypsies... <laughs> gypsies are experts at getting people to do that, sighed the old man. In any case, it's good that you've learned that everything in life has its price. This is what the warriors of the light try to teach. The old man returned the book to the boy. I like how he just drops that there. He's just like, it's like, oh, this, this, like he literally says, this is what the warriors of the light try to teach. And what, what did he say? It's good that you've learned that everything in life has its price. This is what the warriors of light try to teach. Deep stuff, man. The old man returned the book to the boy. Tomorrow at this time, bring me the tenth of your flock and I will tell you how to find the hidden treasure. Good afternoon. And he vanished around the corner of the plaza all right so we're getting to a point here where i want to be able to like end it at a point where kind of like segueing between stories so let's see all right i'm going to read up to the, a few more pages and then from there we will conclude so about 15 minutes left in this and um Thank you again for those of you watching on Instagram. The feed's about to end because it's at an hour, but click on my bio link and go to live broadcast to be able to tune in to be able to keep listening. YouTube.com forward slash Skull Babylon. <clears throat> All right. Are you guys having fun? Please feel free to just drop some comments. Drop some 1111s. I love being able to just like know that you guys are enjoying this. Your feedback and your company is always greatly appreciated. <clears throat> <clears throat> The boy began to read his book, but he was no longer able to concentrate. He was tense and upset because he knew that the old man was right. He went over to the bakery and bought a loaf of bread, thinking about whether or not he should tell the baker what the old man had said, to, said about him. Sometimes it's better to leave things as they are, he thought to himself, and decided to say nothing. 
If he were to say anything, the baker would spend three days thinking about giving it all up, even though he had gotten used to the way things are. <clears throat> One second here, I'm just starting my broadcast again on... There we go. Okay. <clears throat> the boy could certainly resist. The boy could certainly resist causing that kind of anxiety for the baker. So he began to wander through the city and found himself at the gates. There was a small building there with a window at which people bought tickets to Africa, and he knew that Egypt was in Africa. Can I? Uh, <clears throat> I can't use a different. Can I help you? Asked the man behind the window. Maybe tomorrow, said the boy, moving away as he sold just one of his sheep. He had he he'd had he'd have enough if he sold just one of his sheep, he'd have enough to get to the other to the other shore of the strait. The idea frightened him. <clears throat> Another dreamer, said the ticket seller to his assistant, watching the boy walk away. He doesn't have enough money to travel. Well, standing, I like, see, it's interesting, even then, how, like, people, like, just the idea, it's like, oh, he's just a dreamer, you're just a dreamer, like, how people use that as a derogatory term, right? But, again, it's just, like, deep inside, they're just like, oh, I wish I had the courage to follow my dreams. <laughs> I had, I wish I had the courage to sell my metaphysical sheep <laughs> so I can go to the pyramids of Egypt. All right. <clears throat> it's all metaphors, right? It's all fable. While standing at the ticket window, the boy had remembered his flock. He decided he should go back to being a shepherd. In two years, he had learned everything about shepherding. He knew how to shear sheep, how to care for pregnant ewes, and how to protect the sheep from wolves. He knew all the fields and pastures of Andalusia, and he knew what was the fair price for every one of his animals. He decided to return to his friend's stable by the longest route possible. As he walked past the city's castle, he interrupted his return and climbed his stone, his stone ramp that led to the top of the wall. From there, he could see Africa in the distance. Someone had once told him that it was from there that the Moors had come to occupy all of Spain. He could see almost he could see almost the entire city from where he sat, including the plaza where he had talked with the old man. Curse the moment I met that old man, he thought. He had come to town only to find a woman who could interpret his dream. Neither the woman nor the old man were at all impressed by the fact that he was a shepherd. They were solitary individuals who no longer believed in things and didn't understand that shepherds become attached to their sheep. He knew everything about each member of his flock. He knew which ones were lame, which one was to give birth two months from now, and which were the laziest. He knew how to shear them, how to slaughter them, and if he ever decided to leave them, they would suffer. The wind began to pick up. He knew that wind. People called it the Levanter. Because of it, because on it, the Moors had come from Levant at the eastern end of the Mediterranean. <clears throat> the Levanter increased in intensity. <sighs> Here I am, between my flock and my treasure, the boy thought. He had chose between something he had become accustomed to and something he wanted to have. 
There was also the merchant's daughter, but she wasn't impressed. But she wasn't as important as his flock, because she didn't depend on him. Maybe she didn't even remember him. He was sure that it made no difference to her on which day he appeared. For her, every day was the same, and when each day is the same as the next, it becomes people to. It becomes. It, it's because people fail to recognize the good things that happen in their lives every day that the sun rises. I left my father, my mother, and the town castle behind. I've gotten used to being my to being away, and so have I. Uh, they have gotten used to me be, to my being away, and so have I. The sheep will get used to my not being there too. The boy thought. From where he sat, he could observe the plaza. People continued to come and go from the baker's shop. A young couple sat on the bench where he had talked with the old man, and they kissed. The baker, he said to himself, without completing the thought. The Levanter was still getting stronger, and he felt, his, he felt its force on his face. The wind had brought the moors, yes, but it had also brought the smell of the desert and of veiled women. It had brought with it the sweat and dreams of men who had once left to search for the unknown and for the gold and adventure and for the pyramids. The boy felt jealous of the freedom of the wind and saw that he could, that he could have the same freedom. There was nothing to hold him back except himself. Uh, I'll just reread that real quick. There was nothing to hold him back except himself. Deep stuff. The sheep the merchant's daughter and the fields of Andalusia were only steps along the way to his personal legend. The next day, the boy met the old man at noon. He bought. He brought six. He bought. He brought six sheep with him. I'm surprised, the boy said. My friend bought all of the other sheep immediately. He said that he had always dreamed of being a shepherd, and it was a good omen. <clears throat> that's the way it always is said the old man it's called the principle of favorability when you play the card when you play cards the first time you you are almost always sure to win beginner's luck why is that because there is a force that wants you to realize your personal legend it's wet it wets your appetite with a taste of success then the old man began to inspect the sheep, and he saw that one was lame. Aw, lame sheep. The boy explained that it wasn't important, since that sheep was the most intelligent of the flock, and produced the most wool. Where's the treasure? he asked. It's in Egypt, near the pyramids. The boy was startled. The old woman had said the same thing, but she hadn't charged him anything. In order to find the treasure, you will have to follow the omens. God had pre has prepared a path for everyone to follow. You just have to read the omens that he left for you. Before the boy could reply, a butterfly appeared and fluttered between him and the old man. He remembered something his grandfather had once told him, that butterflies were a good omen like crickets and like expectations, like lizards and four-leaf clovers. That's right, said the old man, able to read the boy's thoughts. Just as your grandfather taught you, there are good omens. So this old man is basically 
a mutant. Like he's like Charles Xavier, I swear. <laughs> Time traveling probably too. The old man opened his cape, and the boy was struck by what he saw. The old man wore a breastplate of heavy gold, covered with precious stones. The boy recalled the brilliance he had noticed on the previous day. He really was a king. He must be disguised to avoid encounters with thieves. Take these, said the old man, holding out a white stone and a black stone that had been embedded at the center of the breastplate. They are called Urim and Thummim. The black signifies yes and the white no. When you are unable to read the omens, they will help you do so. Always ask an objective question. But if you can, <clears throat> but if you can, try to make your own decisions. The treasure is at the pyramids, that you already know. But I had to insist on the payment of six sheep because I helped you to make your decision. The boy put the stones in his pouch. From then on, he would make his own decisions. Don't forget that everything you deal with is only one thing and nothing else. And don't forget the language of the omens. And above all, don't forget to follow your personal legend through to its conclusion. But before I go, I want to tell you a little story. A certain shoekeeper sent his son to learn about the secret of happiness from the wisest man in the world. The, land wandered through the, the lad wandered through the desert for forty days and finally came upon a beautiful castle high atop a mountain. It was there that, the man had, that a wise man lived. Rather than finding a saintly man, through, though our hero, entering the main room of the castle, saw a hive of activity. Tradesmen came and went, people were conversing in the corners, a small orchestra was playing soft music, and there was a table covered with platters of the most delicious food in that part of the world. The wise man covered with every, conversed with everyone, and the boy had to wait for two hours before it was his turn to be given the man's attention. The wise man listened attentively to the boy's explanation of why he had come, but told him that he didn't have time just to explain the secret of happiness. He suggested that the boy look around the palace and return in two hours. Meanwhile, I want to ask you to do something, said the wise man, handing the boy a teaspoon that held two drops of oil. Mm -mm. Okay, I have to do like a wise man voice within a wise man voice. This is like the character of the wise man within the wise man story. As you wander around, carry this spoon with you without allowing the oil to spill. So there's a boy. He went into this like palace. There's like a wise man there, super popular. He told him to wander around and to like observe the castle. But he gave him a spoon and he put oil on the spoon, two drops of oil. And he's like, don't spill this oil. Don't spill it on my fancy rug. Now go walk around. The boy began climbing and descending the many stairs of the palace, keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. After two hours, he returned to the room where the wise man was. Well, asked the wise man, did you see the Persian tapestries that were hanging in my dining hall? 
Did you see the garden that it took the master gardener ten years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? The boy was embarrassed and confused that he had observed nothing. His only concern had been not to spill the oil that the wise man had entrusted to him. Then go back and observe the marvels of my world, said the wise man. You cannot trust a man if you don't know his house. Relieved, the boy picked up the spoon and returned to his exploration of the palace, the time observing all of the works of the art of the ceilings and the walls. He saw the gardens, he saw the mountains all around him, the beauty of the flowers, and the tastes with which everything had been selected. Upon entering to the upon returning to the wise man, he related the detail, everything he had seen. But where are the drops of oil I entrusted to you? asked the wise man. Looking down <clears throat> Looking down at the spoon he held the boy he held, the boy saw that the oil was gone. <clears throat> well there is only one piece of advice I can give to you said the wisest of the wise men. The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world and never forget the drops of oil on the spoon. The shepherd said nothing. He had understood the story the old king had told him. A shepherd may like to travel, but he should never forget about his sheep. The old man looked at the boy, and with his hands held together, made several strange gestures over the boy's head. Then, taking his sheep, he walked away. There we go. And that's where we'll leave it for now. So we leave it here with Santiago receiving the gift of the two black and white stones from this old wise man who's actually a king in disguise. And the king traded him the he the some of the sheep to be able to give him more direction so that he can get to Egypt to be able to fulfill his personal legend and the wise man also taught Santiago about the idea of being able to find happiness and being able to pursue our passions while still being able to enjoy the beauty of the world around us and yeah and, and there's still a lot more to the story ahead this is Santiago being able to, again, follow the omens. And as we'll see more later in the second half, once we get to part two of this reading, um, I think we're probably going to do this in, in, and I think three parts we'll be able to get through this entire book. You'll, you'll hear more about Santiago becoming aware of, of the, the language of the universe, as they say. So, so there we go, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to part, part one of this book reading of The Alchemist, plus a little bit of community commentary. And, and for anybody who's in the YouTube, please feel free to just add any additional comments down below, just even to express uh, a little bit of gratitude. If you would like to do that, just gratitude for each other, gratitude for, for the community. And yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll be wrapping this broadcast up in the next little bit. Uh, the next broadcast that we do this, it 
it wouldn't it won't be next monday so i think it will actually be next next monday that that we will do this so uh if we're doing this this will be like a every two mondays type thing and then um yeah you know i'm i'm open if you guys if you guys enjoy this uh there might be other books that we might want to be able to read the alchemist was definitely one that i want to be able to start with but i enjoy being able to go on these journeys with us together so thank you again everyone so much uh erica just saying awesome in the chat in the in the chat uh 1111 balance much love tribe uh getting some some thumbs up on the instagram thank you again instagram for those of you on instagram uh be sure to find the actual broadcast at youtube.com forward slash skull babylon and and yeah so if anybody just in the comments what has been your takeaway from from this part of the story so far maybe again maybe some of you this is your first time hearing the story Maybe some of you have already read the story before, but go ahead and just share because I want to be able to just get a little bit more thoughts from you. Any takeaways? Uh, you know, what, 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 what spoke to you so far from the legend? Do you relate to Santiago? Do you find yourself on, the, on this mysterious journey of, of fulfilling and following your dreams? And, and at times, do you find yourself uncertain? And yet at times, do you find yourself in awe of, of the majesty of the universe and its way to be able to bring people to you who will help guide you, who will help say the right thing at the right moment, who will give you the gifts you need to be able to help direct you on your journey. So again, I think Paulo Coelho does, does an excellent job uh, of being able to really boil down some important themes related to synchronicity and 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 you know the journey of the soul and personal legend as we talked about it and the importance of fulfilling our fulfilling our own dreams and finding happiness all within a very beautiful fable so awesome connor saying that was good thank you connor uh 11, 11 balance gratitude again thank you and um yeah again i just want to see if anybody just has any like quick takeaways that they want to be able to share we'll just uh, wait one more minute for that for there's a little bit of delay on the YouTube feed, and otherwise we will get ready to wrap up the broadcast in the next little bit. So, yeah, thank you again, everyone, so much for, for being a part of this. This has been a nice nice little style shift to be able to read this. And, and honestly, for me, like, I last time I read this book was almost like five years ago. So even for me, it's fun to just, like, be able to go back and enjoy this again. And, and it feels like it's like kind of, like, new in, in some ways. So awesome. Either way, guys, girls, everyone, friends, please feel free to leave your comments down below. Uh, if you listen to this broadcast, just let me know that you tuned in. That's always greatly appreciated. Be sure to like this, uh, but just you know, smash that like button on YouTube and, and share this with your friends. And again, you'll be able to find the, the MP3 uh, on ParadigmShiftCentral.com and also on iTunes at Paradigm Shift Radio. Be sure to subscribe there if you haven't yet. Plus plenty more other broadcasts and tune in for our regular broadcast coming up on Thursday, uh, which will be with our guest phil uh this coming thursday relative to the time of this broadcast on episode of leading the shift and it's going to be all about gnosticism phil is a, a friend of mine who is a teacher of the gnostic gnostic school and there's going to be a lot of stuff there which might even tie in a little bit with the alchemist but nonetheless this episode stands alone and if you're listening to this uh part two might be available in the future so join us again for part two but maybe hey maybe you're going to go up to the bookstore and like get this right away and 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 maybe you're gonna like start reading this in the meantime and if you do that's awesome but otherwise you can wait a couple weeks and we'll come back to this again as a team and we'll go on this journey together so thank you again so much erica saying looking forward to part two as am i as am i <laughs> so thank you again everyone so much for being a part of this community to all the shifters light guardians out there thank you for doing all you do 
to be able to help make this world a better place by following your dreams, by following and fulfilling your personal legends and inspiring others to do the same. That's why I wanted to be able to share this book, to be able to help inspire us and to be able to help see our story through the fable of the alchemist. My name is Brendan, a.k.a. Skull Babylon, a.k.a. Mystic Spider-Man. Find me on Instagram at Mystic Spider-Man. And be sure to check out Paradigm Shift Central on Instagram as well. You can find those links down below. Support on Patreon when you're able to with a monthly micro donation to be able to get exclusive content, plus uh, additional perks for items at the Quest Item Shop, including shift buttons and light guarding crystals, which you can use to be able to help evoke synchronicity on your personal journeys. And again, be sure to subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Skull Babylon if you haven't yet. Share this broadcast with your friends. That is always greatly appreciated and explore more at paradigmshiftcentral.com and tune in again for more future broadcasts until next time thank you so much many blessings on your journey and i'll see you at the pyramids of egypt until next time keep it shifty and i'll see you in the future much love Special bonus shout out and thank you again to our friend Danny Leonardo, whose music is featured at the beginning and outro of this episode. Be sure to check out more of her work through the link in the YouTube info below. Much love and thank you, Danny. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.